You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Yeah. Welcome you to a new year. Happy New Year. Great to have you here on the second day of January, about last night. We will talk plenty about the late afternoon, early evening in Pasadena, what happened early this morning in New Orleans, Nick Saban. On Alabama's CFP loss, we shot ourselves in the foot. You can say that again. Coach Saban, could you talk about the last play and what made that one the best one that, that you wanted to go with? Uh, we called three plays. Um, one they called timeout, one we called timeout, and the last one that didn't work. So the fact that it didn't work made it a really bad call. You know what I mean? So um, but we called timeout because we had a bad look. We had a good look on the first one. Uh, they must have known it. Um, but Tommy just felt like the best thing that we could do uh, was have a quarterback run, uh, which was kind of our two-point play, one of our two-point plays for this game. And the ball was on the three-yard line, which is just like a two-point play. So, But we didn't get it blocked, so it didn't work. We didn't execute it very well, and it didn't work. And they pressured, and we thought they would pressure. Uh, but we thought we could gap them and block, block them and make it work. And it didn't. This is the uh, breakdown of the two quarterbacks, McCarthy and Jalen Milrow. Biggest difference. McCarthy was sacked once, Milrow six times. Uh, listen, uh, there will be plenty of time today to get all of your reaction, and uh, there'll be plenty of, actually a couple of months to uh, be able to get it all in if we don't do it today. Let's get to some other issues out there. How about <laughs> this game ended, I believe, uh, at 12... 47 Eastern time. I only know that because I was boarding a flight at the exact moment that it ended, watching it on my phone. And uh, I don't know how many of you were up uh, late last night, but it was an amazing game. Almost had the meltdown of the millennium. But Washington gets the win. Texas' season is over. Their next football game will be in the Southeastern Conference. And it's not Michigan versus the world. Michigan versus Washington. And uh, we have seven days to uh, get you excited about Michigan and Washington. Pat Smith will give us the take from BHAM. He's been just finished hosting a live show there, and I am eager to get uh, his reaction to what your reaction has been in that market. Pat Forty, 
on an amazing New Year's Day and Ari Wasserman from The Athletic. A lot of other games, too. We realize since we were here Friday night, uh, many of your favorite teams have played and we have not had any time to talk about it. We have plenty of time to talk about it this afternoon. Let's uh, begin with Jimmy in Athens, Georgia. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Paul. How are you today? We are doing great. Good. My daughter uh, wanted me to call. This is my second time calling you. I'm a Georgia fan. I was kind of watching last night, halfway pulling for Bama, halfway pulling for Michigan. It's really hard for Georgia fans to pull for Alabama. <laughs> but anyway, um, just really shocked uh, with just the outcoaching of, of Jim Harbaugh with, against Nick Saban. I was shocked by that, Paul. I don't know if you were. Um, it just seemed like he was a step ahead of him, especially in the first half with all the sacks. And then um, – this last, the last play of the game, I mean, it just seems like you call two timeouts, one by Michigan, one by Alabama, and that's the best play you have is a run up the middle. I just wonder if Nick Saban's done, Paul. I just wonder if he needs to retire. What's your thoughts? Well, Jimmy, uh, he doesn't need to do anything. It's just simply a matter of, of what he wants to do. Thanks for the call. J.K. is up next. Good afternoon. Happy New Year, Happy New Year. The last time I called this show, I was told to enjoy the rest of my life because somebody didn't agree with my opinion. But guess what, baby? Karma has raised his ugly head. Alabama is back in T-Town, and we don't want to hear no more excuses from little Nicky, as if Michigan and Harbaugh <laughs> stole some signs. Hey, man, I looked at two Alabama plays. Matter of fact, it was three Alabama plays. Anytime that they lined up the fullback or whatever you want to call them near the line and the back in the backfield, it's going to be a long play. And I don't steal signals, so it shouldn't have been hard for Michigan to figure out what Alabama was doing. And all of this, we shot ourselves in the foot. It's the same old, same old every time Alabama gets a loss. We beat ourselves, and that's impossible if it's another team on the side of the ball. Paul, this is exactly what happened. There never should have been an overtime because Michigan left an extra point and a field goal on the board. They should have lost that game 24-20 in regulation. So I don't want to hear all this complaining and whining, excuse making, the usual stuff from Bama fans. And when Legend comes on here with that garbage, shut him down. Jerome is going to go in the witness protection program for another seven, eight, nine months, as usual, because they're fair-weather fans, they're fanatics, and they can't handle losing a football game. As I told you previously, the NIL and the transfer portal has made the playing field level. The dynasty is dead, buried, and gone. Nick Saban can stay as long as he wants, keep on getting the number top five recruiting class. Evidently, it doesn't matter at this point because I'm sure they had the top five recruiting class last season. So while I was enjoying the rest of my life, I'm going to enjoy it a whole lot better this week, baby. Happy New Year to me. Go Big Blue, but I'm picking Washington to win it all, baby, 47 to 30. The Bama hater said, and then he is out. Abraham is up next. Good afternoon. Paul, you are joined at the hip with Nick Saban, so don't try to detach yourself now. The next point, and I'm going to be very brief, I looked at the standings today, and they got Alabama behind 
Florida State, even though they lost by 60 points. Is that the committee of somebody trying to rectify the wrong that was done to them? And finally, I need somebody to tell me how do you roll a flattened tide? Happy New Year. Daryl is calling next. Well, I would say that Alabama was probably still hungover from the Georgia game. You know what I mean? That's what I would say. Paul, I got to give you credit, okay? Yeah, I got to give you credit. You nailed it. You said that Georgia would blow out Florida State. I didn't think Kirby could get him to show up. But he did. I got a question for you, okay? I want your – what's your opinion on players opting out of bowl games? Well, I'll try to spare you the cliché. It's a, a cer- cer- In certain circumstances, I really don't have a problem with it. I did have a problem with it for Florida State because that was just a, uh, a loser way out. Absolutely. Let me say this, okay? If the players are going to use basically an excuse – Say using the coach, say well, coaches can transfer, players should be able to transfer. These schools need to fire back and say, okay, well, if coaches have got to coach in bowl games, all the players have got to play in the bowl games. And I don't want to hear no crap about getting hurt. They, they, they chose the sport of football, okay? And they, they, I mean, that just comes along with it. But, Paul, are you surprised that Alabama got beat? Not particularly, no. You know, I, I I am because usually in a big game when a team misses a field goal, misses an extra point, and turns the ball over, they usually lose. But I will say this. I do feel kind of sorry for the Bama fans, Paul. What are they going to do now with all them T-shirts they had printed up, national championship T-shirts they had printed up after they beat Georgia? What are they, they going to do with them now? You know what? All I'm hearing from them – is well at least we stopped Georgia for three peating. They didn't stop us from three peating. That playoff committee stopped us from, from three peating. That's that, that's who stopped us. But um, you know, hey Paul, second time, take note right here, okay? This is the second playoff game in a row. Alabama has been outplayed in the fourth quarter, and that's what caused them. But you know what? Regardless of all that, Paul, I still think they're the second best team in the country. Go dogs. See you, Paul. Augie is up next. Hello, Augie. Paul, I'm really distraught that Alabama lost and let the SEC down. It's just really killing me. Uh, but, you know, we got to thank LSU because had they not won, we would have been 4-5 and five instead of 5-4 and four in the bowl championship series, which I know is important. But, uh, Paul, Tennessee has got a quarterback, and Ole Miss is going to be a threat next year. But if it comes down to one reason why – Bama lost this game. If you had to pin it on one person, who would you pin it on? The offensive coordinator. Wow. So he's now the new Pete Golding of Bama. Well, no, he, he did a very good job of getting Alabama to this point, but uh, he, he, he pitched a terrible game on, on Monday afternoon. So what do you think about the Alabama center, though? All game well, long. Well, listen, uh, when, you're playing, when, you, when, you, when you've made it to the 14th game of the year and you're still having <laughs> the same issues, uh, that, that, that's on the coaching staff. Well, one last thing, Paul. Roll Tide rolls. Thanks, Paul. Wait, I always joke about this, but when, when that's your best center, who's your backup? And I think therein lies why, why that guy was still playing. We'll take a short break. We have a long way to go. We are 12 minutes in. I think you know where we're heading this afternoon. 
You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We are continuing here, and we appreciate all of your calls. John is up next in Louisville. Hello, John. Hey, I enjoyed seeing you on the float the other day. Oh, thank you. That was fun. My daughter and I yelled out, but uh, oh, I didn't, didn't I didn't realize you were there. Yeah, we uh, we went to the parade first. And uh, is there anything better than the sun setting on the San Gabriel Mountains when you're in that stadium? It is uh, very cool, especially on the uh, only decent weather day we had there. Absolutely. It was cloudy the other days. I'm going to get to the game real quick, but uh, two positive, you know, you had the haters on earlier, but two positive pieces of news. Neither you or I ever named in the uh, 200 names revealed by uh, the Epstein case today. Was that out? I have not seen that yet. Yeah, I I was told it came out. My name wasn't on it. I asked about uh, you. I will double check and make sure that. uh... You're safe to go home. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, I. I mean, I knew I knew Epstein. He was a friend of mine, but I just never really partied with him very often. Just just took the plane trips all yeah. the time, yeah. And uh, another piece of good news: the second Ivy League president has uh, been put out on the street, so that's good news too. One more to go. But uh, Paul, uh, as I had mentioned last week, uh, I said, El, you know, the, I, I edged it, and I thought Alabama played a great game, but I edged it for uh, Michigan because they can't protect the quarterback. They gave up over 40 sacks during the year. And I also said they were outside the top 30 on rush defense, but I said, JJ King throw the ball and he did when he needed to, but uh, whoever made the most chunk plays, but I will tell you, Tommy boy, an offensive coordinator, why would you rush the ball up the middle on Michigan's defense? That's the strongest point of their defense. I I didn't get that last play. Did you? No, Uh, there were about five different aspects of that play that were wrong, but, uh, Nick Saban acted like uh, in his comments that 
Alabama was the only team playing yesterday. They were, they were, they, they were the only team that mattered. I, I, and I, I think, unfortunately, his players may have taken on that attitude. Yeah, I, I, you know, Michigan or Alabama is obviously more talented, but I thought Michigan looked more physical. And by the way, you mentioned speed. I thought Michigan showed the speed yesterday. What did you think? Uh, I agree. Um, almost every uh, aspect of the analysis that I was a part of was wrong. Hey, thank you very, very much for the call. Johnny B is up next. Hey, Paul, thanks for taking my call. You've been thank a busy you. man today. I saw you earlier on Stephen A. Well, thank you. Um, I, I was going to bring up the fact that, you know, I played center. I, I, you, I was on the post-Herald All-State team when you were down there as a rider, and you were taught to take, take that ball like you're going to throw it on a shotgun snap. You put your fingers on the laces just like you're going to do it. You, you get low, and you do that over and over like a pass between your legs. For that to be going on in the 14th game of the year, that's poor coaching. I mean, it's it, it's been all year long, and it hurt them last night several times. You are correct. Johnny, congratulations on being All-State. Thank you uh, very much. Uh, Jay is up next in Mobile, Alabama. Roll Tide, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, first off, I want to congratulate Michigan players and fans on the victory in the Rose Bowl. They just outplayed us in every aspect of the game. It just seemed like their players wanted it more, too, than our boys did. But, Paul, I also want to congratulate Coach Saban and our boys on a good season. And I also want to congratulate Georgia, Missouri, Ole Miss, all for fine seasons. And Thanks, Jay. We appreciate all the uh, congratulations. Uh, Miles is up next in Indiana. Miles, are you are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you, Paul? We are doing great. You know, I, I hate to be this guy, but I'm a Paul Feinbaum hater. Uh, I think I could do your job better than you, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to hey, talk uh, about how – Hey, listen, uh, uh, Miles, wh- where do you live? I live in Indiana, but I'm a big Michigan fan, brother. Why don't we do this? Um, we'll send you a plane ticket. Can you be here uh, by 3 o'clock tomorrow? You're, you don't mean that. Well, no. I mean, I, I, I want you, since you, you sound so confident of being able to sit here and do this. We, uh, Randy, are you game? We'll send it. We'll, we'll, uh, you send me a plane mind, ticket. I'll be there at 3 o'clock tomorrow. I wouldn't tomorrow. mind going, uh, going fishing tomorrow. And uh, you come on down, and we'll see how good you are. That's all right, man. Hey, I live, breathe, eat sports, brother. But well, that, that is all opinion, you need to, to – all you have to do – to do this show is know a lot about sports. You'll be you'll be a big hit. That's right. That's I mean every day. You know, I, I'm I'm waking up. I'm looking at betting lines. That's all I do, man. That's but fantastic. I think uh, I think you owe us Michigan fans and Jim Harbaugh an apology for. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to cuss as I know I'm on TV, but for the crap you were talking about us about Jim. You know, this this that and the third. But I mean, I think. You are an SEC lover, and you don't give any other, you know, hey Miles, teams the credit uh, that they allow deserve. Me, allow, allow me to respond. You're 100% correct about Go me, ahead, being, be my guess. Yeah, about be, me being an SEC lover. There's a reason why I believe in the SEC, and there's a reason oh, why you don't, I— Oh, you don't just I, believe in the SEC. No, well, there's you a reason live, why I promote breathe, it, and the eat. reason I do that is games like Tennessee over Iowa, LSU over Wisconsin, Ole Miss— 
over Penn State, Missouri over Ohio State. There, there's, there, there's a trend there. So what are you going to do next year when we have all these big old teams in the Big Ten? You know what? It, it really uh, is not a great concern of mine, what, what happens in the Big Ten. I mean, I just think you deserve to, you know, Jim Harbaugh an apology. You know, you've been hating on us for years, and we're going to well, go out well, and we're going to destroy let me Washington. To you a little bit of something about the business that you're you're claiming that you can do better than any of us. Uh, when you give opinions uh, on shows like I do, that's what you do. Uh, and and if, if a team happens to win a football game, that doesn't necessitate an apology. Uh, I, I feel like uh, I've explained my position on. Jim Harbaugh about 10 times today on ESPN. And if you missed any of it, you're welcome to go to ESPN.com and see and hear what I have to say. But as far as talking to you any longer, I don't think the audience could handle it. Dwayne is up next. Good afternoon. Going on, Mr. Paul Feinbaum. Huh? How you doing? Bring yeah, out the New Year's. Thank you. I saw you on television and everything, Mr. Paul Feinbaum, giving your opinion. But let's talk some football, Mr. Paul Feinbaum, Paul for a chance. You seen that LSU game? Uh, yeah, I was watching it yesterday. That quarterback for Wisconsin, they had. For the last time that boy played football. Huh? How long? How long? How long he been out? How long he? How long he been out since the second game of the season? Huh? That's right. And you saw that boy look like that boy look like a superstar. Huh? That boy look like like he like he threw that ball on LSU. And, and ran on LSU like he's going crazy. But the question is, I thought most people after the season end, they start making changes. What wrong with Brian Kelly? Why you fire that man after that game, Madhouse? Huh? Dwayne, did you or did you not win the football game? I don't care, bro. I'm Mr. Did, Paul Feinbaum. We won or not. Hey, no. No, don't say it like that, Mr. Paul Dwayne, you're a hater. I'm getting tired of you blasting. I ain't no hater. Hey, I ain't no hater. But yeah, most times, if your team, if your defense begins to all year. Your and, defense and stopped Wisconsin on the I final position. Care. I don't care. If that defense, that defense was playing poo-poo. That garbage, that garbage can <laughs> defense was garbage. That defense won the huh? game. Man, that defense ain't hitting on nothing. You know that defense ain't hitting on nothing. That part, that boy with that arm won the game. That, that quarterback and receivers won the game. Huh? Dwayne, I'm disappointed in you. Hey, hey, you ain't going to be disappointed in me, Mr. Paul Bonbon, for that, that bad house. Hey, Brian Kelly should have fired Matt House soon after the season. After the season ends, Matt House, you out of that. The defensive back coach, they, um, the boy, he out of that. You know what I'm saying? He out of that. We wait. I think I think Brian Kelly waiting on that man from Michigan. We'll see what what, what Jim Harbaugh gonna do and go after that defensive coordinator from Michigan. That's who we need down there. You know what I'm saying? But that's- we're up against a break, mercifully, and uh, we'll uh, head to uh, Birmingham and get a uh, temperature reading of the Alabama fan base, even the Auburn fan base. They're not too happy either. The day after. Pat Smith joins us next. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. 
and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's such a big part of, uh, of an Alabama loss. They happen so infrequently. Uh, is the reaction and, and the trend lines and what people are saying and what people are thinking, especially about Nick Saban and what may be next for him. Pat Smith, nobody's got a better handle on it than he does. Uh, he hosts a pro, uh, with uh, Landon Roberts uh, the, the show right before us uh, on, on WJOX in Birmingham, which is heard throughout uh, the southern uh, part of, of, of the country. Uh, Pat, great to have you. Happy New Year. And uh, I would have loved to have heard uh, the, all four hours of your program today. Tell us what uh, those of us who didn't hear it all missed. Good afternoon. <laughs> Happy New Year, Paul. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's kind of, a, kind of a weird territory to be in uh, in these big games, especially in the college football playoff with, with Alabama. But Overall, believe it or not, uh, you know, you come in to do a show and you're thinking the absolute worst and expect the best. And it, and it ended up a lot of sane callers, which I know that's something that typically you're not used to throughout the years that we've been doing this together. But for the most part, I mean, we even took an informal poll and, and 70% of our audience today said that, you know what, it was a good season. We won the SEC championship. It was kind of a departure of what we've heard in the past where where people, if you don't win the national championship, the sky is falling and it's over. The dynasty is dead. I, I think the fans are kind of taking the, the attitude that Nick Saban has the last couple of years, which is, you know what, let's kind of stop and smell the roses, so to speak, and enjoy every moment. They did go 12-2. and two. I would say that there was more hand-wringing, Paul, after the, the Texas loss at the beginning of the year than last night's loss to Michigan. So it's kind of an odd territory to be in. Pat, is that because uh, we are now in uh, uncharted territory, really, uh, with, with, with Nick Saban? This is now three years since he's won a national championship. That's the longest stretch of his dynasty. And, you know, some will quibble about the COVID year, so you could even stretch it back to 2017 for a full season where Alabama ha- has won. There have been more playoff losses during that stretch than, than we saw combined in the previous 10 years. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious because it used to be, and you were with me at so many of those national championship games, uh, that, that Alabama losing uh, an undefeated season and the title was cause for Armageddon, and now it's almost like, okay, well, we had a good year anyway. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, and it has changed because uh, if this would have happened probably three, four years ago, probably the governor would have called out the National Guard and, and, and schools would have to be on lockdown because people would be concerned about what was going on with an Alabama loss. You know, is it Armageddon? 
but it's a situation over the last couple of years, I, I think, because folks are understanding that we are in the twilight of Nick Saban's career. I think the fans are, you know, taking it with a grain of salt every single year. Um, they've kind of bowed up at times during the year when you've had certain people say that the dynasty is dead and, and Nick Saban has lost it. And for him continuing to recruit at a high level by him knocking off Kirby Smart, winning the school's 30th SEC championship, I think Alabama fans have put it in a proper perspective. I know that's odd to say because Alabama fans will get a, a, a raw reputation in the past for, for some of the fandom and some of the things that has been done in history, and it's been well documented on this show what has happened. But I think for the most part, and that's the shocking part to me today for doing four hours, is the fact that Alabama fans, as of right now, are putting it in its proper perspective, something that, to be honest with you, in the 17 years Nick Saban has been here, a lot of times Alabama fans would not have done that, but they are doing it today. Pat, uh, we're talking to Pat Smith, who, uh, as many, many of you know, uh, created uh, the original Feinbaum Network and really helped to, to launch uh, what we are currently doing today. Uh, Pat, uh, the questions are out there, uh, spending the weekend in Pasadena. I couldn't walk down uh, the street, whether uh, it was in Pasadena or on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills or anywhere else without somebody coming up and saying, hey, I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend that Nick Saban is retiring. If he wins the title, I hear this. I don't know uh, any more than uh, what, what, I, what I hear, but you are at the epicenter of it all. Can you give us the, the texture and tapestry of where, where are we with Nick Saban's future right now? Well, I can tell you leading up to kickoff, Paul, the general feeling here from the people that I talked to in Tuscaloosa, people that have their finger on the pulse of what's going on, the feeling was that Nick Saban was going to be back in 2024, that nothing was going to change. Even if Alabama would have won the national championship on Monday night against Texas or Washington, that he was coming back. The recruiting that he has done, needless to say, a top three recruiting class. He's been flying all over the country. He's been getting recruits. He's already dipped in the transfer portal, got a couple former five stars that's coming in for next year to kind of fill some needs. There's been no indication on this end. But as I have proclaimed on my show every single time it comes up, I really don't believe anybody, Paul, anybody at all, for the exception of Miss Terry and Nick Saban, is going to know the exact moment in time when they decide to call it quits and head to Lake Burton, head to Jupiter, Florida, whatever the case may be. But as of this moment, I've been given no indication of the people around that program or people that I trust dearly have given me any indication that he would be destined to potentially step aside and not be the head coach in 2024. Now, does that mean that that's a lock, that it's done, that he's coming back? No, because like I said at the beginning of this question, I think when it all said and done, it's him and Terry Saban and the family sitting down and making that determination, and that could come at any time. It could be this year. It could be next year. It could be two years from now. It just depends on what that family ultimately decides. And for those of you who don't know Pat Smith, I, I can assure you he is plugged into the epicenter of the University of Alabama uh, better than anyone. Uh, another program you're plugged into, Pat, is Auburn. And because of what happened in Pasadena and because of what Georgia was doing around the same time, uh, outside of a very small group of people, uh, the Auburn loss, well, loss, uh, absolute annihilation by a pedestrian Maryland team went really over most people's head. Hugh Freeze with some bizarre comments afterwards. I'll interpret it uh, as if to say, hey, I was so busy recruiting, I really barely had time 
uh, to prepare. I mean, it, I, I mean, I've heard from some Auburn fans that that are really uh, about as down on Hugh Freeze uh, as they could be, uh, considering how he is attempting to turn this program around. I know I've given you a long preamble here, but what's going on down there? Well, I will tell you, uh, the, the same people are calling our show and, and texting and tweeting to us, and I thought it was extremely bizarre. I mean, you, you go from, okay, you're signing a top ten recruiting class, currently I think number seven, number eight, they potentially could get into the top five if certain things happen, and then you go into bowl preparation, you say that your starting quarterback is your guy, you're not going to go into the transfer portal, then all of a sudden you lose to a Maryland team, who had more athletes than you did. You got outcoached. You got outplayed. Your fan base was going to Nashville to spend a nice weekend, spend money, sit in a very cold, terrible stadium up in Nashville and witness a third-ring Big Ten team take you to the woodshed. I mean, that was very disappointing. And then after the game, he immediately says that he didn't have time to look at the offensive game plan because he was busy recruiting. Well, as soon as signing day was over with Paul, it was a dead period. So, well, I mean, what was he doing? Did he not have time to – take a look at the offensive game plan for the bowl game. It it was just very odd. And then immediately after the game, he's asked, hey, so what's the status with your quarterback? And he says, well, it's a wide-open competition. Well, a week ago, he said it was Peyton Thorne's job, that they weren't going to go on the transfer portal. So so a little bit of hyperbole coming from Hugh Freeze that some folks are kind of scratching their head about. I mean, it goes without saying that he's having a really good recruiting period for Auburn. But when you go to Nashville and you put forth that performance against that type of Maryland team, it's highly disappointing because all the goodwill that you had leading up to that, and you could say we almost beat Georgia, we almost beat Alabama if it wasn't for the fourth and 31, but you lost your last three games of the regular season, and they still played seven or eight ball games, Paul, where they did not have over 250 yards of total offense. That's a problem. So with Hugh Freeze being hired because he was in this league, he was an innovator when it came to offense, there's a lot to be done there to get Auburn up to the level where he can compete for a championship. And I think that's where Auburn fans right now are a little bit confused by some of the statements he made of the last week. Pal, one, one more question on Hugh Freeze, because I, I like him a lot. And, and I, I feel or I felt when I was down there a couple of weeks ago that, the, that everything was turning. But, I mean, he has done some just inexplicable things as, as a head coach. Uh, that you know about and have talked about. And, I mean, does this, is this the same Hugh Freeze we saw at Ole Miss beating Nick Saban two years in a row and going to New Year's Six games? Well, I, I think the jury's still out about that particular question, Paul, and the reason why I'm, I'm not trying to scapegoat the question and avoid it. But I, I think it's tough because the roster was so bad. I just don't know if he has the tools. And I'm not saying he's going to get the tools, but I, I say I think the jury needs to be out in regards to whether we want to say it's the same coach or not. One thing is for sure, you know, he and Gus Malzahn were kind of innovators in this conference, the way that they ran their offenses, the way they did stuff. Well, as we both know, this league is in constant change. It evolves all the time. And so you just don't know if the 2014 Hugh Freeze is going to translate to 2024 in regards to the SEC and the way college football is done. Yes, he was very successful at Liberty, put up great numbers, but it's a different world now in the SEC, and now you've got Texas and Oklahoma coming in. You've got Georgia running the program that they're running, and you've got Alabama right down the road. So it's a different type of animal in the SEC than it was 10 years ago. Not saying he can't do it. I just think that the jury is going to have to be out until he gets 
the full roster complement that he would potentially need to compete in the SEC. Pat, finally, uh, we are days, we're six days away from the national championship in college football, and there's no bigger television market than Birmingham, Alabama. Having said all that, Birmingham will watch anything. Are they remotely interested in Monday night in Houston? <laughs> um, I can tell you, based on the people and the uh, exchanges that we had with folks today, the answer is no. <laughs> Having two Big Ten members play for a national championship, anybody above the Mason-Dixon line, um, yeah, I'm sure the gamblers and, and some folks will kind of pay attention to it. But it was like last year, Paul, after 20 minutes of watching Georgia decapitate TCU, I mean, folks were off the Netflix and Amazon Prime, and, and I got a feeling that I think it will be a cursory, okay, well, let's see what's going on here for a few minutes. But no, in the long run, I think the markets of Detroit and Seattle will, will win the day with that one. I think folks will move on to something else. Yeah, I'm, I'm already checking the, the, uh, the movie guide <laughs> for next Monday night. Um, Pat, great stuff. Uh, let us know if you hear anything changing on the GOAT because uh, that, would, uh, that would be the story of the year if something changes there. Be well. Uh, thank you, Paul. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Pat Smith, uh, what a conversation uh, and what interesting information coming from him. We'll take a short break. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And Pat Forty will join us in a little bit. Uh, we'll get his take on the latest from the Sugar Bowl. That's where he was yesterday. Let's uh, continue. And Dominic is up next. Good afternoon, Dominic. Uh, hi, Paul. How are you? We are doing well. Thank you. Uh, so I saw you at Sanfair and told you that I wore the same underwear and the same clothes for good luck, if you remember. I remember that. Yeah, and I, I've been trying to call you, and this is the first time that I got through, so thank you. Oh, and thank I you. really wanted to talk about this Rose Bowl game. I feel like compared to the SEC championship, their offensive and defensive line played off. You are right. I feel like there's their um they could have blocked well and their D line did not get any penetration and their center really pooped the bed. Hey, Dominic, but, now that Alabama has lost, do you change up your routine at all? Well, next year, I think 
those clothes might not fit me. So I think I'm going to put on, um, I think with the money that I saved up from Christmas, I might buy a, a Alabama helmet, put some eye black on and wear my Milrow jersey. But uh, I was real disappointed that Tommy Reese got away from the toss because the one McClellan took to the barn was pretty sweet. I agree. Uh, I think I think Tommy Reese spent too much time watching all of our shows about how great he was and how he how he had proven everyone wrong, uh, and he got carried away. Well, listen, uh, how old are you, Dominic? Uh, I'm 12. Okay. Well, you you are well on your way to being a superstar in in our business. You call us again soon. Thank you very very much. Bash is up next. My Bash brother Paul, how are you doing today? We're doing well. That's good to hear. Uh, if you can't tell, I took a hit uh, yesterday. My voice is uh, feeling the aftermath of it from screaming at the TV watching that Rose Bowl game. And I just want to say congratulations, Michigan, on winning your very first playoff game after eight seasons under the same head coach. Great job. Round of applause. Now, also, I want to give congratulations to Jalen Milrow, for an amazing season of playing shortstop for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Because, Paul, all season long, myself, Legend, um, Larry, Handsome Joe, J.M. Mobile, we have been watching every game, and we have not pointed out how these snaps have been happening since week two, since we lost to Texas. We've been pointing out the penalties, the false starts, the illegal formations, the delay of games. But as long as it doesn't create a penalty, we're like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. But it was a problem this entire season, and we didn't do anything to address it. And if we want to point fingers, like you said, Paul, the finger has to go to Nick Saban. He is the one that employed Tommy Reese to be the offensive coordinator, offensive caller. He's the one that put – Seth McLaughlin at center and made every snap a liability. And of all those decisions go back to the top, it goes back to Nick Saban. As much as that, uh, as much as that pains me to say. Well done. Uh, a very interesting and compelling call by Bash. Alert. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.